Let's finish out the week in the Word of God as we, uh, on this Saturday, come together. Um, got my uh, got my cup of coffee this morning uh, to be in the Word, and uh, what a great place for us to start and to begin uh, this uh, this day. We're in First Peter chapter three. So again, remember the author here is this Peter. Uh, uh, the disciple of Jesus Christ, one of the inner core uh, that went with Jesus, so certainly heard and saw uh, the example of Jesus Christ and his word there, was with him on the Mount of Transfiguration, was with him uh, even almost up to the, up to the cross, um, who uh, gave in to, to temptation, who gave in to pressure while he was there, denied Jesus three times, but yet came to know the love and grace and mercy of Jesus Christ, who reinstated Peter, uh, and then later on used them in a powerful way in his early church. I think that ought to give us a lot of comfort and, and confidence in our own life, too. Um, it's not a matter of, boy, if you don't get this right, if you screw up anywhere along the line, um, you're, you're taken out. No, Peter reflected both the power of Jesus in his life um, as he, he brought Peter to the point of saying, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. But he also knew the power of this world and temptation. And uh, if he was going to take on Satan by himself, uh, he was going to lose. Uh, just as he, he succumbed to the um, uh, to the taunts of the people, surely you are one who followed Jesus Christ. Uh, he gave in to that. Um, like I said, sometimes Peter is a rock and he's rock solid. Other times he sinks in the water like he did when he was uh, walking on the water and then looked around and saw the storms around him. Um, so Peter ought to give us good encouragement too, that it's not about Peter. We don't follow Peter. We follow the one that Peter followed too, for good reason, because uh, we need that kind of a savior. And that's what we have in Jesus Christ. So remember, uh, when the when the scriptures were written, uh, Peter didn't write down and say, hey, okay, now we're in chapter three. We divided it up into chapters and verses to make it easier for us to study and to reference to, hey, let's turn to, you know, third Peter, first uh, Peter chapter three. Um, so here, remember the thought has been from verse 13 of chapter two. He talks about submission to authority. He talks about the order that God has established. Remember, I drew that back to the fourth commandment where God establishes authority between children and, and their parents and also government and, and us. And it doesn't mean that, that anybody in a government position is more important than us. It just says they have a different role and those roles are established by God. So now he goes into the roles of husbands and wives in chapter three. And God created Adam first, Paul tells us, um, but we knew that from, from Genesis chapter one. And then he, uh, and then he creates Eve. And he establishes an order within marriage too. Doesn't mean one is more important than the other. It just means we have rules, which means God puts us in an orderly kind of way for our good. And we're called to be faithful to those rules. Think about how many times Jesus talked about things like, well, in the parable of the talents where he gives one five and then one two and then one one. He expects them to be faithful in keeping those rules. Not that either one, any one of them was any better than the other, but they have rules to fill. So here's the order he establishes in marriage. This isn't unique to 1 Peter. Uh, Paul talks about this in, in Ephesians chapter 5, um, and, it's, and it's brought up other places in Scripture. And we see examples, either good or bad examples of that, uh, throughout throughout uh, Scripture. So, wives, be subject to your own husband. So, just as we're subject to, to authority and government and police, so uh, wives also be subject and realize the role and the responsibility that God has given to each of you within marriage. And that means husband, be willing or be, be those who are, are um, uh, worthy of that, uh, of that honor and them being subject and the great responsibility that gives us 
if, uh, if those in our family are to be subject to us. Most important, though, is that everyone comes to faith and we do whatever it takes to make that happen. So notice in verse 1, uh, so if you have an unbelieving husband, uh, be subject especially um, so that in some way you might win them uh, to, to faith. Uh, and be uh, be known by that, by your uh, being respectful and pure conduct, which God calls from every single one of them, one of us. Then he gets into uh, how we how we adorn ourselves, that we be known for not just what's on the cover, but more importantly, what's inside of the book. We even say that about don't judge a book by its cover. Most important thing is what's on the inside. It doesn't mean that it's wrong to adorn our bodies, uh, but that our true beauty ought to come from it. What what's inside. Think of what's on the outside could easily change, Could uh, something could happen to that. Um, it's um, uh, it, We grow older and all that. What truly makes us beautiful is what's on the inside of us. And uh, Peter gives the example of, of Sarah with Abraham too. Um, and then also there's responsibility to husbands too. Um, husbands, uh, deal with your wives in an understanding way, realizing the difference between us as men and women, showing honor. Think about how that word makes it into the vows that we say to one another in marriage. Will you will you love him, honor him? And, and husbands, will you love her, honor her? So the honor that we show one another is because we realize that that person is someone created by God, that that, someone is, that person is a gift of God to us, whether it's husband or a wife, um, that, uh, that Christ honored them by being willing to die for them on the cross, um, and, and that's where our honor comes from. Um, and then he talks about them being the weaker vessel. Obviously, men are, are stronger anatomically uh, than women are, so certainly our... Um, um, uh, the way that we deal with one another isn't, well, I'm more powerful than you are. No, I have a role and you have a role. And, and we got to realize that our role as husbands is to, is to respect, to care for, protect, do whatever it takes um, to, uh, to take care of our family. Think about it in the times of, uh, of Old Testament and, and even, uh, even today too, um, men go off to war. Why? Because they're to care for and, and uh, to protect uh, their families and the role that they have uh, right there. And remembering in the end that we are all equal because we are heirs of the grace of life that God has given to us. He brings it up in verse, uh, verse seven. Then verse eight, he goes on to describe how most importantly is our witness to our world. We may have to suffer for doing good, but that's okay. Um, if that's what it takes uh, to be a faithful witness, we want others to come to know Jesus Christ. The kind of conduct he describes in verse eight is consistent with the rest of scripture. Um, sympathy, brotherly love, tender heart and a humble mind is what every single one of us is coming, is uh, responsible for. Uh, not repaying evil for evil. Uh, Jesus says, God tells us, uh, don't take uh, don't take revenge, let me take care of that, but rather you be faithful in living the kind of life that uh, David even describes in, uh, as he quotes in verse 10 from, uh, from the Psalms, uh, uh, living the kind of life, desiring what God wants us to do, and, uh, and being faithful to, uh, to our Lord. Um, and he says in verse 17, for it's better to suffer for doing good if that's God's will than for doing evil, following the way of the Lord. And then he describes what Jesus did for us, how he suffered on our behalf and look at what his suffering brought to us. So think of our own suffering in the same way. And then he ties in our baptism 
how in our baptism, it's like going through the flood that, uh, that Noah and his family went through the waters. They went through the flood, and in that they were saved. So our baptism is like that ark that takes us through the waters uh, of the destruction of, of sin in our lives, and we come through that, and, and we are saved, and, and we, um, um, we get a gift that is truly eternal. So God bless you as you continue to read as, as Peter uh, describes the faith to us, the order, God's wonderful order that he's placed us in for our good as we follow that, the kind of kind of submission and uh, responsibility that lays on every single one of us. And tomorrow we come into God's house as he wants to give to us uh, his gifts. So God bless you as you read. Um, see you in the Lord's house tomorrow one way or another. And uh, we'll be back into that word on Monday.